0: Section four of Stories in the Dark. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kate Fallis. Stories in the Dark by Barry Payne. The Green Light. The man looked down at the figure of the woman on the couch. The little silver clock on the mantelpiece began to chime he could not bear the sound of it he flew at the clock like a madman and dashed it on the ground and stamped on it then he drew down the blind and opened the door and listened there was no one on the staircase silence seemed now as intolerable to him as sound had been a moment before he tried to whistle but his lips were too dry and made only a ridiculous hissing sound closing the door behind him he ran down the staircase and out into the street the woman on the couch never moved or spoke it was late in the afternoon the light from the low sun penetrated the green blind and took from it a horrible colour that seemed to tint the face of the woman on the couch flies came out of the dark corners of the room sulkily busy crawling and buzzing one very little fly passed backwards and forwards over the woman's white ringed hand it moved rapidly a black speck outside in the street the man stepped from the pavement into the roadway a cabman shouted and swore at him and someone dragged him back by the arm and told him roughly to look where he was going he stood still for a minute and rubbed his forehead with his hand this would not do the critical moment had come the moment when above all things it was necessary that his nerve should be perfect and his thoughts clear and now when he tried to think a picture came before the thought and filled his mind the picture of the white face with the green light upon it and his heart was beating too fast and it seemed to him almost audibly he began to feel his pulse counting the strokes out loud as he stood on the curb then he was conscious that two or three boys and loafers were standing in a little group watching him and laughing at him one of the loafers handed him his hat it had fallen off when he dodged back on to the pavement and he had not noticed it he took the hat and felt for some coins to give the man he found a half crown and a half penny he held them in his hand and stared at them and forgot why he had wanted them then he suddenly remembered and gave them there was a loud yell of laughter the boys and loafers were running away and he heard one of them shouting let the old stinker out a bit too soon ain't they and another Guru he's tight that's all's wrong with him again he told himself that this would not do he must not think of the past the awful past he must not think of the future of his schemes for escape he must concentrate his thoughts on the present moment until he could get to some place where he could be alone yes regent's park would do well and it was near he brushed his hat with his coat sleeve put it on and walked He thought about the movement of his feet, and the best way to cross the road, and how to avoid running into people, and how to behave as other people in the street behaved. All the things that one generally does unconsciously, and automatically, required now for their conduct a distinct mental effort. As he walked on, his mind seemed to clear a little. He reached a spot in regent's park where he could lie down in the grass with no one near him out of sight now he said to himself i need concentrate my thoughts no longer i can let them go in a second he had gone rapidly through the past the jealousy that had burned in his heart and the way that he had quieted himself and made his scheme and carried it out slowly it had been finished that afternoon when he had lost control over himself and through the transparent leaves of the tree near him the sun came with a greenish glare he shuddered and turned away so that he could not see it yes he was to escape he had made all the arrangements for that he drew from his side pocket a roll of notes and counted them and entered the numbers in his pocket book he had changed a cheque for fifty pounds at the bank that morning the police would find that out and endeavour to trace him by discovering where the notes with those numbers were changed that was one of his means of escape he would see to it that the notes were never changed by himself or in any town where he had been or was likely to be he was going to sacrifice those 10 banknotes to put the police on a wrong scent he had plenty of money ready in gold in gold that could not be traced for his own needs he chuckled to himself it was brilliant this scheme for providing a wrong scent for making the very carefulness and astuteness of the detectives the stumbling-block in their way and it would be so easy to get the notes changed by others the dishonesty of ordinary human beings would serve his purpose His mood had changed now to one of exultation. He told himself time after time that he was right. The law would condemn him, but morally he was right and had only punished the woman as she deserved to be punished. Only he must escape. And yes, he must not forget. He looked round. There was still no one near. But his position did not satisfy him not a person must see what he was going to do next he went on and found a spot near the canal where he seemed to be out of sight and more secure from interruption then he took from his pocket a little looking glass and a pair of scissors very carefully he cut away his beard and moustache that hid the thin lipped wide mouth and the small weak chin He cut as close as he could and when he had finished he looked like a man who had neglected to shave for a day or two a barber would shave him now without suspicion he was satisfied with the operation the glass showed him a face so changed that it startled him to look at it he glanced at his watch it was time to start for the station where his luggage had been waiting since the day before if he meant to get shaved on the way there He walked a little way and sat down again. How well everything has been thought out, he said to himself, with a new name and in another country, without that drunken, faithless, beautiful woman, he would grow happy again. He had only meant to sit down for a minute or two, but his thoughts rambled and became nonsense, and suddenly he fell into a deep sleep. He had been overtaxed. An hour passed the train that he had intended to take steamed out of the station and still he slept it grew dusk and still he slept when the park keeper touched him on the shoulder he half woke and spoke querulously then consciousness came back and slowly he realized what had happened as he walked slowly out of the park his mind refreshed with sleep he for the first time realized something else in the awful moment when he had left the woman he had broken down and forgotten everything the bag of gold was still lying on the table of the room with the green blind he must go back and get it it would be horrible to re-enter that room but it could not be helped he dared not change the notes himself and in any case that amount would be insufficient he must have the gold it added he told himself slightly to the risk of discovery but only slightly his servants had all been sent out and were not to return until half past nine no one else could have entered the house he would find everything as he left it- the gold on the table and the figure of the woman on the couch. He would let himself in with his latch-key. No passer-by would take any notice of so ordinary an incident. He had no occasion to hurry now, and he turned into the first barber's shop that he saw. His mind was as alert now as it had been when he first formed his scheme. Let me have your best razor he said my skin's tender in fact for the last two or three days i haven't been able to shave at all he chatted with the barber about horse racing and said that he himself had a couple of horses in training then he inquired the way to piccadilly saying that he was a stranger in london and seemed to take careful note of the barber's directions he walked briskly away from the shop towards his own house a comfortable-looking ruddy-faced woman was coming towards him a shaft of green light from a chemist's shop window fell full on her face as she passed and the horror came back upon him it was with difficulty that he checked himself from crying out he hurried on but that hideous light seemed to linger in his eyes and to haunt him keep quiet he kept saying to himself under his breath steady yourself don't be a fool there was an italian restaurant near and he went in and drank a couple of glasses of cognac then only was he able to go on as he turned the corner where his house came into sight he looked up all the house was dark but for one great green eye in the centre that looked at him there were lights in that room he stood still close to a lamp post just touching it to keep his balance he spoke to himself aloud it's green it's green someone's there a working man passed him heard him mumbling looked at him curiously and went on the great green eye stared at him and fascinated him Then other lights darted about, red lights, white lights. Someone must be going up and down the staircase and passages. Had she got off the couch? Was the dead woman walking? How his head throbbed. There were two nerves that seemed to sound like two consecutive notes on a piano, struck in slow alternation. Then, quickening to a rapid shake, whirr. Were now the two notes were struck together a repeated discord thumped out clatter clatter no the sound was outside in the street and it was the sound of people running there were boys with excited eyes and white faces and blousy laughing women and a little old ferret faced man who coughed as he ran a police whistle screamed In front of the door of the house, a black mass grew up, getting quickly bigger and bigger. It was a crowd of people swaying backwards and forwards, kept back by the police. The police! He was discovered then. He must get away at once, not wait another moment. Only the green light was looking at him. Stop that light, he called no one noticed him the green light went on glimmering and drew him nearer he had to get there he was on the outskirts of the crowd now why would not the crowd let him pass could not they hear that he was being called he pushed his way struggling dragging people on one side there were angry voices a hum growing louder and louder he caught a woman by the neck and flung her aside she screamed someone struck him in the face and he tried to strike back down he was down on the road the air was stifling and stinking there he tried to get up and was forced back huh now he was up again his coat torn off his back muddy bleeding fighting spitting howling like a madman damn you damn you all the crowd was a storm all round him tossing him here and there again and again he was struck there was blood streaming over his eyes and through the blood and mingled with blood he saw the green light looking there came a sudden lull a couple of policemen stood by him and one of them had him by the arm and asked him what he was doing he began to cry sobbing like a child take me up there he said panting where the green light is it's the dead woman calling the policeman stood for a moment hesitating For a moment the crowd was motionless and silent then one of those white-faced boys shrank further back whispering it's the man end of section four